Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers. And I'm Megan Francis, and we're excited to bring you a bonus conversation today. It's part of a special series we're doing this month. Yeah, so earlier this week on Tuesday, we republished a classic episode from way back in our early archives. And today we're featuring two moms from our contributor team adding their fresh take on the same topic. Right. So you might want to listen to Tuesday's episode before you dive into this one. All right, Sarah, this is the part where you and I get out of the way and let the team do their thing, right? That's right. Off we go. Enjoy, everyone. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, y'all, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I'm Joanna Martin, and I'm here with Joanne Ruelos-Diaz. We're excited to bring you a bonus conversation today with our thoughts on the episode that aired earlier this week, which was called How and Why to Spend One-on-One Time with Your Kids. If you haven't already listened to that episode, it's a classic from The Mom Hour archives, and we recommend checking it out before you listen to our thoughts about it. But before we start digging into the episode, let's go ahead and give listeners a little background information on us both. Um, I'm pretty sure that we've both been on the podcast before, but it's been a while and it's always good to hear that perspective of how many kids and where we live and all that jazz. So um, as I said before, I'm Joanna Martin. I live in Dallas, Texas with my husband and my three kids who are nine, seven and four. Hi, Joanna. This is Joanne with an E. This is the Joanne and Joanna episode. Um, (laughs) I live in New Jersey with my husband and I have two boys who are 11 and 7. Awesome. So we have a little bit of overlap. So let's go ahead and jump in. What were your first thoughts after finishing the episode? Well, you know, whenever I listen to the mom hour, I end up being pretty reflective and, and listening in on, you know, how I'm the same as Megan and Sarah and how things are different and how my kids compare with their ages. So the first thing that I identified with was how different it is to have one-on-one time with little kids and big kids. Um, I have an 11 year old, so I'm really starting to feel that shift 
to how things are going to be different. You know, he's finishing fifth grade. He's going into middle school next year. So I really feel that transition time with how we're how we're spending our time together. That's interesting for me to hear because I'm feeling that with my nine year old and I'm looking forward to seeing what you have to say about an older kid because I feel like you're just like one step ahead of me in the in the big kid phase. Um, But this is a topic I've been thinking about a lot lately because it feels like my nine year old is just getting bigger and more capable and just more independent. And she's becoming really fun to hang out with. And it's just this like tide turning of, oh, I I really want to spend this one-on-one time with you. And um, yeah, I just, I feel like something is shifting and something is turning. And I feel like my kids are able to handle more things and do Mm -hmm. more. So it was really interesting to hear their perspectives. I like how they divided up this episode into two main categories of the big picture why, like why one-on-one time is important and how they made it happen. So I thought we could give our perspectives on those thoughts as well in kind of that same format. So let's start with why is one-on-one time important to you and your kids and your family? You know, it's different for each kid, I think. Um, With my 11-year-old, and this is kind of similar to, I think, what Megan was saying, I feel like it's important now um, for, you know, keeping connected with him and maintaining that connection. You know, he's at school all day, and when he comes home, he's more independent, so he needs less from me. And since he needs less from me, you know, our time together is less. You know, he doesn't need me to, like, fix him a snack and get him set up with an activity. He comes home, he turns on his computer, he gets his own snack, which means I'm able to keep working. So that time can just fly by without us really having um, even a a conversation about how his day was. Um, And, you know, like they were saying, he spends more time with his friends now. Like that's his, those are his activities, either like an extracurricular or time with friends. Um, I was telling my husband that, you know, my husband and my older son are easily go on and on and talk and talk and talk about all kinds of things. They have so much in common. And for me, I have to work a little bit harder now that he's 11 to, to stay um, involved with what he's interested in. You know, when mm-hmm. I feel like preschool was really easy for me, I, I work with um, a lot of preschool content. And so like I can talk about cars, the movie and PJ masks and all that stuff. And as they get older, it's a little harder. Um, so I find myself like working a little bit more to stay up to date with like wrestling, like the WWE and video games and sports so that I can participate, um, with him more. And with my little one, um, I feel like it's about dynamic. You know, he's a little more introverted than my older son. And so he's less, um, likely to speak up as quickly as my older one. So if, if I don't provide space for him or my husband doesn't provide space, he easily gets like steamrolled by everyone else in the family. So you know what I mean? Like, so that was that second born life. Yeah. It's that second born life, you know, and he's easygoing for the most part. So if, you know, I really enjoy the one-on-one time with him because I, I see him a little better and a little more clearly. And I have space to sort of chat with him more. 
Um, and we don't necessarily get that when it's all four of us around the dinner table or in the car. You know, he's just a little, his personality means that we need to um, invite him in and like create the lane for him. He's, he's not necessarily going to take it for himself. Yeah. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. It must be harder with more than two kids because you don't have that natural time where one's out and you, you just automatically have one left. So I'm curious how you, how you guys with more than two kids do it. I mean, you have three and they're kind of like two years apart generally. Yeah, my girls are exactly two years apart. They're like one month difference um, in their birthdays. And then my son is two years and nine months later than my middle. So, um, so yeah, almost three years with them. But it is it that is something that's really hard to juggle because like you said, when it was just my two girls, we would it would just flip flop. And, you know, when my older daughter was in preschool, my middle daughter was at home and it was just us. So that it was just automatic one-on-one time. And then same thing happened with both my girls in school. And then Anthony being home with me, he was just my automatic little buddy, but it is kind of hard to juggle when, I mean, summer, summer is upon us and (laughs) it's going to be hard to juggle and make sure that everybody's buckets are being filled in different ways. 
Um, and I feel like that's just a, a moving target that we have to keep growing with as a family and see who needs what when. I think that when we had Anthony, like those first few newborn days, I realized the age differences with my kids more. Because like you said, they're generally almost two years apart. But my girls were so close and we had them relatively quickly one after the other that I kind of just grouped them together a lot. Um, my oldest was a really hard toddler and a really hard baby and required a lot of like physical energy. And then my second was just this chill baby that could kind of go along with the flow. And so I did, they were just all one-on-one -on -one time was not even on my radar in that phase of life. It was just, we're all together and we're all boots on the ground, getting it done and surviving each day. And then when I had Anthony, I was like, okay, well, Madeline's four now and Genevieve is two and a half and I have this newborn and the girls are a little bit more independent and can kind of do things on their own. But it, it just made me realize that I couldn't just lump them all together anymore. And they were all each their own person. Um, and I feel like as they've grown and they've changed and developed their own interests, they don't necessarily need all the same amounts of quality time or the same types of quality time. And I think Megan and Sarah, that was one of their main points that they made was that not everybody needs all the same. Like if you're going to read a book on the couch with one of your kids, your other kids not might not need that or want that or appreciate it the same way. And that is definitely the case for us. Um, and I feel like for them in terms of quality time and one-on-one -on -one time, something me and my husband talk about is that equal is not, or fair is not always equal. Like mm -hmm. everybody deserves that one-on-one -on -one time, but one of my kids would thrive off of a, a single solitary day all spent together doing everything's with everything with one parent versus another kid would be super happy for me to just watch him play a game on the TV. And, you know, like he it, really just me sitting there watching him, he considers that one-on-one -on -one quality. And I'm like, this is super boring for me, but if that is what does it, that is 20 minutes and I will do it. Um, and then, you know, my oldest would be totally fine with us spending like an hour on the couch reading our Kindles together. And so it's not... It, the the quant the quantity of time does not equal out over all my kids, but I feel like fair is not always equal. So that makes um, so much sense to me. And I think I think it was Megan who said something like, "What is what is quality time even anyway? Like, what does mm -hmm. that mean?" And I think Sarah said, um, "You know, to think about the personality of each kid and what they need." And my kids are the same. Like, I think my older one would not necessarily say hey, he needs one-on-one -on -one time with me or with his dad. You know, he would be fine on his laptop or playing his video games um, if we were around or not. But, you know, that said, both kids like to be seen and watched. You know, they like mm -hmm. um, that sort of 
not passive attention necessarily, but they like being seen. And so um, it's important, I think, even though it doesn't seem like a big deal to watch, you know, I think Megan was saying like just watching them on the playground or watching them play a video game to be aware of sort of what their world is, um, is meaningful. Right. I mean, I feel like that was the first five years of motherhood for me was going to a park and just watching them. And I guess it was that was affirming to me because for so long, I felt like we just didn't have the bandwidth for this quality one on one time. Or Sarah mentioned having um, at the time she was doing like summer dates with her kids, with each kid. And I I vaguely remember listening to this podcast when it first came out because I've been listening to the Mom Hour for since almost the beginning. And I, I just don't think that this resonated with me then because I don't think I had the bandwidth for that. Like I said, I feel like we were in survival mode for so long that <laughs> taking a kid out on a date was like, how would I make that happen with a nursing baby and a crazy toddler and will the toddler even appreciate it? And, you know, it just, it wasn't a thing. And so it, it was validating to hear that, okay, just because I wasn't doing these like little one-on-one dates back then, just noticing them swinging at the park or going down a slide or, you know, just like little moments like that probably meant so much and banked a lot of that quality time. And I just didn't realize it. So, Joanne, how do you make one-on-one time happen with your kids? Like, this whole philosophy of quality time is super great. And talking about just the general idea of wanting to spend one-on-one time with your kids is is perfect and wonderful. But how do you actually make it happen in your house? Because that is not always perfect and wonderful in the logistics of it all. That's um, a really good question. And, you know, I think I have to say it's easier for me because my kids are in school. So I have a break from them <laughs> and I have time to do my, you know what I mean? I have time to do my own work. I have mm-hmm. time to get stuff done around the house. Um, so that's really helpful. The, you know, I was thinking um, as I listened to this episode and preparing to be here with you, like what? One on one time have I had with my kids recently? And I think it's interesting and maybe helpful for other moms out there to hear. I can think of like less than a handful of times this year where I've been one on one with my kids in a memorable way. Um, my kids had, for some reason, they had half days from school on two different days. And so I intentionally planned for me to take them out to lunch. So I took the older kid out to lunch one day and I took the other kid out to lunch another day and they got to be in charge of where we went. And like, this is nothing fancy. You know, the, my younger son, Oscar chose the pizza place and my older son was very sweet. And he thought about the places that he wanted to go to, but that no one else would mind that we went to without them. I thought that was pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went to like the dumpling place and that I think just having that little lunch out without anyone else was, was fun and and memorable. I mean, certainly memorable to me and hopefully memorable, (laughs) memorable to them. Um, And then another time this year was when my older son went to like a 
a birthday party or something with um, one of his friends and his friend's family drove. So that gave us more than 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Like we had, I don't know, two and a half hours with my younger son. And we said, oh, you know what? That's like a nice chunk of time on the weekend. So let's do something with him. So we took him to a local museum. He's really into art. And so we went to like a family day at the museum and it was two hours. It wasn't a huge day, but um, he actually got time with me and my husband, just him, which is really rare. That's awesome. It's, you know, the two of us and one kid at an outing. Um, and that that really filled my bucket and hopefully it filled his too. Um, and then in general, other ways, it's just like looking for those small windows of opportunity and taking them when you can. I mean, we're not routine about it. Another time that I, that came to mind um, recently was, you know, my husband will take the younger, the younger kid up for a bath and mm-hmm. Leo, who's 11, he is doing his own thing while I wash the dishes and clean up the kitchen. And one night recently you know, usually he wants me to do something with him or he's like, oh, I'm bored. What should I do? And I'm like, oh, do whatever so that I can finish cleaning and like get to my peaceful time at the end yeah. of the night. <laughs> yeah. And Let me I take all the boxes I, off so yeah. that I can have my time. <laughs> like I want my time, you know, at nine o'clock at night. So one night and this is, again, like really rare. But I said, OK, I'm going to not do the dishes right away. And we played like a couple games of chess, just the him and I, while the other two were upstairs. And um, I was like, wow, he's really much better at chess than I am now. Or, you know, I yeah. haven't done this with him in a really long time. So I don't know. It was just like a nice moment between us where I realized some things and he um, totally enjoyed crushing me. Crushing mom in a, in a game of chess. That would be that would be my my older one too. She would love yeah. to. She loves to beat us in games. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What about you? How do you how do you make it work with three? And, oh. and they're pretty young, too. Well, like I said, we've kind of had a natural time for quality time when an older one is in school. So when I had my two girls, when Madeline was in preschool, I would hang out with Genevieve and, um, you know, we would call them mama and Gigi days. And we, and that was basically just code for Madeline's going to school today. So it's just going to be us two at home. 
Um, and we really wouldn't do anything crazy. We would like go to the grocery store and do like our regular errands. But I think it was just putting a title on it of like, well, it's, you know, you and mama day and stuff like that, that she always got a kick out of that. And then when my two bigger girls, you know, moved up into elementary school and Anthony was home with me on his days off from preschool, we would, you know, do something together. And we did like story time at the library. I tried to do that with all of my kids, um, do like their little toddler story time. And it worked out for me to be able to do that with each of them on their own. Um, and that was always really special. Um, my oldest Madeline is a huge reader and she just loves to snuggle up on the couch and read. And last summer, or I guess last spring, we got her, her own Kindle, um, just like the e-reader. And at the beach last summer, there we had this big porch that we would sit on and she would take her Kindle out there and read. And one day I was like, well, I'll just take mine out there and read with her. And she still talks about that, about like, remember when we were just sitting on the beach chairs on the porch? And I'm like, that was nothing. Like it, to me, I was like, so we were just cute. both reading together, but it was apparently something that stuck with her. Um, and then Genevieve is is my gal that she wants full on hours upon hours with one parent. And I love that about her. And she's really willing to kind of go along for the ride and do anything. But um, I can't, and I mean, kind of like you, I can't remember the last time that just me and her hung out for some amount of time. Madeline and I have run a lot of errands together lately and just like chatted in the car and read on the couch together. Um, I can't really think of a time that Genevieve and I have done that. And so I'm kind of making a mental note of we need to get something on the calendar soon. Um, Anthony, it's easier because he's not in full-time school yet. And so he does just have a little bit more time with me. Although his school, his little preschool let out a week before my kids are out of school. And so him and I have been getting a lot of quality time together lately. And um, most of it has just been like, he really wants to play Mario Kart on our really old Wii gaming system. And so we've been playing a lot of Mario Kart together and, you know, racing Hot Wheels together. And um, yeah, so nothing, we we haven't done a ton of like big dates or anything with our kids. Like Eric took the girls to their father daughter dance, but I feel like that was mostly them running around with their friends and him talking to the other dads at school. Yeah. Um, I took that as an excuse to take Anthony out on a date, just me and him. We went to go see the Mario movie. Um, but we haven't done a whole lot of one-on-one dates and I really liked that idea. And I feel like our kids are at a really good age to appreciate that now. Um, something that we are planning on doing with our kids that I'm totally stealing from a friend of mine. Her name is Catherine Whitaker and she is um, a writer and a speaker and um, another good old Texas gal. She lives down in Austin um, and I'll link to her um, in the show notes, but she has a wonderful blog and I've just taken a lot of parenting advice from her. She has six kids. I think. So she has a ton of experience, Um, but she takes each of her kids on a trip when they're 10. And we plan to do that with our kids. 
And I'm hoping that it can be both me and Eric taking them on this trip. But the way it's worked for her kids is I think they pick one parent and then it has, it's like a handful of days and it has to be a place that involves a plane ride and a hotel and, um, you know, some travel experience. And then I believe during those trips is when she has a bunch of big talks with her kids about things in life and, um, you know, just like 10 is a good age before like they jump into middle school and a lot of hormones and big feelings happen. And so it's, I, I, I really want to do that with our kids so that we can just kind of sit and make some memories and have that experience with them. So that's like really the only pre-planned big one-on-one time that we've ever talked about doing with our kids as a family. But after listening to listening to this episode, I really want to take advantage of some of the more day-to-day normal times. I like that idea. And, and you're inspiring me. Um, Leo is 11 and he starts middle school, like I said, in the fall. Um, and this summer, we don't really have any big travel plans. So mm-hmm. luckily, we're, you know, 40 minutes from New York City. And I, it would be easy to take the train in with one kid. Um and let them choose something, something to do in the city, whether it's a museum or going, going to, a, I don't know, going to like a ice cream restaurant or something, yeah. just walking around even, um, that would be pretty easy to do. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, I have to remember to do that. <laughs> right. It takes, it that. takes just enough planning that it's like, okay, I have to like block out time to actually think about this. But yeah, I like the timing of before middle school. Cause I feel like middle school is such a tender tender time in a kid's life. And um, it would just be really nice and reassuring to have your parents be like, it's going to be okay. We're all going to get through this together and and do it preemptively. Um, So another thing I really liked from the episode was Megan said, and I'm going to read the quote that I wrote down. It was that good that I I wrote it down. But she said, you, the mom, deserve to enjoy the one-on-one time too. And I think it's so easy to think, okay, well, I have to sit and play pretend with my kid or, you know, do some big drawn out thing that you really don't want to do. You know, your kid's going to enjoy it, but you don't want to do it. Um, And I really liked that because if you're enjoying that time too, then it will make for an all around happier memory for you and your kid. So I was wondering, what are some things that you enjoy doing with your kids? or that you enjoy doing and maybe inviting them along to enjoy with you? I love this question. And um, it was fun for me to think about. Um, With my younger one, who is seven, he and I have a lot in common. And so he and I can just sit together and do art videos. Do you know um, those Art for Kids Hub Videos. Oh, yes. Do you ever watch those on YouTube? We, those were a big pandemic so thing much around art. here. Yes. Yes. That was our 2020. That dad's voice is ingrained in me for like, that was, it, it brings like COVID memories. <laughs> That's probably good and bad. I love yeah. him though. I just, because it was like, oh good. Something to do where this guy is going to mm-hmm. just tell us what to do. Um, so he and I will do those together. We'll do like anti coloring books together what is that? Anti-coloring books are kind of like where there's, you know, a window and then you have to draw the house around it instead of like a traditional coloring book where okay. there's a house and a garden and you you just color within the lines. Um, 
So I have a lot of those like adult activity books and doodling books that I, I will do for fun and he'll come in and join me. Um, and then he'll actually like go above and beyond what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's always fun. And with both my kids, we're all pretty big readers. So fortunately, you know, going to the library and picking up books and just reading together is something that we all like to do. And now that they're getting older, we can read the same books and be excited about them. Like Harry Potter's huge in our lives. Um, We went to Universal last year and and we were all equally excited to to see Harry Potter world um, and like take the quiz. And we all talk about what house we're in. That's awesome. Um, I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm I'm the only Hufflepuff Hufflepuff in my family. Oh, you're a Hufflepuff. Yes. Um, (laughs) I get mocked for being Hufflepuff. I am a proud Hufflepuff. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> we, my 11 year old and I read like some YA fantasy books together. And um, so that just gives us something to talk about. So it's not necessarily like formal one on one time, but when we're in the car, we're around the dinner table, just the fact that we can talk about characters and storylines like that gives us a connection in the little tiny um what do you call it? Like in the in-between spaces. Yeah. Um, what else do we do? And and food. I think food, food is like an easy way yeah. for us to connect, whether it's like just going out for ice cream and talking about like, oh, well, I like this flavor and you like that flavor and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's, a, that's a something that we can all kind of get on board with. How about you guys? We, um, let's see. Well, so not to linger on Harry Potter, but I had never read the books growing up. And so I'd seen all the movies, but I'd never read any of the books. And um, so me and my two girls started reading them a couple years ago and we got the illustrated versions. And so we're reading them all together. Um, Well, me and the girls are. Anthony's not reading them yet. And it's just a really cool experience to be reading it for the first time with them because we're kind of all nerding out together at the same time and um yeah i we haven't done their house quizzes yet but i cannot wait to see what they are so that is reading together is a big one-on-one quality time thing that i like to do with our kids i really like to have a chapter book read aloud going for ideally all of my kids i just finished one with my girls it was a little too higher level for anthony to get into Um, but I really like doing read alouds with them. Um, you know, I like me and my girls will paint nails and do hair and, um, they both have really tangly hair. And so I will blow dry their hair sometimes after showers at night. And that automatically becomes some one-on-one time because they have lots (laughs) of hair. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity to ask them some questions. Um, I personally like doing a lot of active things. And so taking one of the kids to take the dog for a walk and, um, you know, just having that time to like not have a phone on me or any like tech for anybody and just like being outside is one of my favorite things to do. Um, You know, just being in our front yard and we have a fire pit out there and hanging out outside. Um, Trying to think my 
youngest really likes coloring right now and doing color by numbers. And so we've we've logged a lot of color by number time lately at our kitchen table. Um, I don't mind getting on the ground and doing like Legos with my kids. I'm not a big pretend person, but I have really gotten into Hot Wheels with my son and the <laughs> Hot Wheels tracks and racing stuff. I can I can totally do that and I and I enjoy it. Um yeah, and my girls both have been into dolls and things. My middle daughter really likes American Girl dolls and we've really enjoyed like bonding over that stuff together and looking at the magazines and talking about the dolls. And I genuinely enjoy like going to the store and looking at all this stuff with her, which I, for not liking to play pretend, I will get into that side of things with her. Um, But yeah, those are some of the things that like I, oh, and cooking. We, I enjoy cooking and I enjoy cooking with my kids to an extent. If it's a recipe that like we (laughs) all know really well and they kind of know where, where they thrive in that, recipe and where I thrive in that recipe. If we, if we have some clear boundaries and parameters, I really enjoy cooking with my kids. So what are some of the biggest roadblocks in you spending quality time with your kids? Megan and Sarah talked about distraction and work. And, you know, you kind of mentioned wanting to like get through the dishes before you got to quality time. You know, it's, it's a real thing. Like we have, we all have things that we want to check off by the end of the day. So what are your biggest roadblocks in spending quality time with your kids? All of the above. Everything that you said, (laughs) everything that they said, I have the same exact challenges. You know, I'm uh, during my work day, since I work from home, you know, I'm trying to get through through those things until like five or six o'clock. When it's not work, it's like, oh, I could stick in a load of laundry um, or I could finish cleaning up the kitchen or I'll be really honest. It's like, Oh, I could play a game on my phone or check mm-hmm. Instagram and like relax for a minute. Um, so all of those things are sort of roadblocks to quote unquote quality time. Um, I think one thing that I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of um, and I try to do this is to be present. You know, I think Sarah was talking a lot about how there's always this advice, like be present, be present. Um, and one way that I, I try to, um, embrace that is with a game I play in my own head that I learned from a mindfulness workshop I took at my kid's school. It was just about active listening. So when my kids are, you know, rambling on about something and I'm trying to, you know, have a a meaningful conversation with them, I'll, I'll try to remember like three details from that conversation. It sounds really silly maybe, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the times they're talking about like Pokemon or like characters in Super Smash Brothers with names and it's so easy to tune out. So I Mm -hmm. really try every once in a while to remember the names of three Pokemon that they're talking about or like remember the wrestler that did the move and like repeat it in my head to myself so that I can bring it up later. when we're, when I'm looking at like the artwork that my, that um, my seven-year-old brought home, you know, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll try to comment on it and then like put it in my brain to talk about later. Like, oh, can you, you made a lemonade stand at school. Like, can we make a lemonade stand together? Can you show me how you did that? Um, So that's a really good tip. And I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to take that one because I've, I've caught myself zoning out about 
the the Pokemon conversations, Minecraft conversations, and I'm like, okay, all right. I have nothing. Uh-huh. Yep. Nothing uh-huh. is happening in my brain right now as you're talking. I said that to I said that to Leo one time because he was talking about something and I said, listen, I don't know if you're talking about wrestlers or Pokemon characters. Like I it's all it all those it's all, all the those same syllables sound the same. All those syllables sound the same to me. So mm-hmm. and they get frustrated. They get frustrated when they're like, oh, mom, I told you that like three times. That's the one yeah. that evolves from such and such. And then, you know, not to like put too much pressure on myself. But then, you know, if I tune them out, they're going to start tuning me out and they're going right. to start thinking like, oh, mom's not listening to me. So why bother? Um, right. So I do try to have those things in my back pocket and like hold on to them so I can one, follow what they're talking about and two, bring it up myself in conversation yeah. so that they know I'm listening. That's a good point because yeah, if, if they see that you're checking out during their conversation and what's important to them, then who's to say they're not going to check out when you're talking and sharing what's important to you. Um, yeah, I feel for me, I feel like the biggest one is tech and my phone and that it's a bad distraction. And I, it is so easy at five o'clock or six o'clock at the end of the day when my brain is not at its peak. And yet all of my kids are very much wanting my attention and deserving my attention. And I am like, ready to check out, you know, and it's just, it's a real easy thing to check out with. Um, that, and I, I joke that it's like my dream job to be a professional volunteer. And, um, I, I love volunteering for our kid at our kids school and with our church and just locally. And I, that is what I dream of filling my time with. And, Unfortunately, I I feel like I love that so much that it can get in the way of my family and that quality time and putting that as the higher priority um and just, you know, my own agenda of I really want to get this this and this done today and um I'm I I don't know if you know your enneagram type, but I'm a type 3 and I just really love productivity and feeling like okay, I got all these things done that have made me feel fulfilled today. And, um, yeah, it's, those are my, those are my biggest, my, myself is my biggest roadblock in spending quality (laughs) time with my, yeah. So I think, I think that sums it up. Um, so yeah. Do you have any other lingering thoughts about this episode that we got to listen to together? I guess I just, um, I'm walking away with this feeling of, you know, a little goes a long way and we're all trying. Um, I I just don't think that that one-on-one quality time is happening for most people every day with their kids. But if we're paying a little attention to it, sometimes Mm -hmm. I think that's going to go a long way. Yeah. I think, I mean, this sounds cheesy, but I just, I love that the mom hour has this mantra of it's really all going to be okay because I think that's just so validating and reassuring, especially when it comes to stuff like this for, you know, I mentioned it before, but those first five years of parenthood, I could not imagine like singling out a kid and taking them on a little date and making that a regular thing in our schedule. I just couldn't. And now I feel like I'm just now getting some of the bandwidth 
and my kids are getting older. And like I said, they're, they're just more independent and they're really cool. And I want to hang out with them and it's just easier. And I think there's a part of me that's tempted to feel guilty about not doing that when they were super little and not having the bandwidth then, but realizing like, I probably did do more than I think I did. And it's all going to be okay. <laughs> it's all, it's all going to be okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for talking with me and doing this with me. This was so fun. This was so fun. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. Megan and Sarah are back with all new episodes of the podcast in August. And in the meantime, we have more than 600 episodes in the archives that are all available wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope to talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. And a big thanks to the moms on our team who stepped up to the mic today. If you'd like to learn more about our contributor team, visit themomhour.com slash contributors and check this episode's show description for links to follow today's co-hosts over on their socials. And Sarah, you and I will be back with brand new episodes of The Mom Hour starting Tuesday, August 1st. We'll talk to everybody then. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.